I need to know everything Who in the what and the where I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying But act like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George I hop in the Porsche It's five and a horse I'm ready for war I'm coming for all right, ladies and gentlemen, today on the podcast, we have a special guest by the name of Matthew Peter Pavoni. Pavoni. <laughs> I remember his middle name. <laughs> bro, we go way back. <laughs> yeah, bro. You ain't lying. You're not lying. Oh, way back. You know, what's funny is, okay, before we go into the introduction, uh, I, I had a conversation with you when, I think it's like 13 years ago, a long time ago. We were talking outside of uh, official in the front and it was like probably one two in the morning right we're brainstorming good old official days man we had so many good conversations back then but oh. matt opened my mind up to uh uh think big yeah. really big you did that to a lot of us even alan right yeah, me too when we were younger right but matt told me a story about i think it was uh it was a uh i think he was a was he a senator here maybe he was um running for president back in the day totally forgot his name Matt. Mitt, yes. I don't know if we can say his full name. But anyways, that guy was running, and we were talking, and he was like, yeah, he's going to lose because he's not putting up his tax. He doesn't want to show his taxes. You told me this. And I was like, what's the big deal about that? And I was younger. I didn't understand that. And you were like, this guy has money all over, yeah. all over out of the country. And I'm like, what do you mean? And he started to open my eyes up to investing out of the country to uh, – um, and you, you told me, oh, the guy's worth more than millions. You know, he's worth billions. And I don't know if that's true or not. But what you, you told me was he didn't want to show it, right? And it, it made me think, like, wait, you could become that wealthy? Like, oh, is that, like, that's reality? Like, and I was so young, I didn't really think like that. I didn't think big like that. But when, when you exposed me to that type of thinking, bro, it changed the whole course of my entrepreneurial journey. I swear it did, right? And I think you did it to a lot of people, right? <clears throat> but to give you a brief... Introduction, all the viewers uh, and listeners listening. This is Matthew Pavone. <clears throat> Matt has an amazing story, right? Came from nothing, uh, back east, Boston, Beantown, came here, killed it in real estate, just blew up, bro. You had so many houses, bro. You, how many houses do you have at one point? Uh, we got up to about 30 before we crashed. <laughs> 30 houses. This guy had 30 houses right here in Salt Lake. <laughs> so it's a big deal, yeah. right? Um, but I want to talk to you about you know, what got you into real estate, first thing? Because I, I know you're, you're, you're prospecting here and there, but that's not your full-time gig right now, right? But right. when there's an investment opportunity, you will jump on it. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to talk to you about what got you, number one, to become an entrepreneur because you haven't worked for anybody. And, I, and we'll go into stories about that because I got some funny-ass stories about back in the day. <laughs> about back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll go into that. But, but what got you into it? I mean, what, what did it for you? Your dad wasn't an entrepreneur. Right. So no, my uh, dad's super conservative, uh, very much against the looking at the money as you know materialistic things. He's the exact opposite. Actually, he's a very yeah. religious man. So um, when I broke away around 18 years old from back east, you know, and, and back east is, is unique because it's old money, right? So coming out west was a big deal just in in, in that aspect. But uh, it was when I um, I was working at Discover Card at the time that really got me into the credit industry initially, but um, reading a book called uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, which I'm sure we've all read at some point, but that yeah. that changed my perspective on the way, you know, I viewed money and, and really just a long term approach of you know, going to school and the traditional way of going to school, eventually, hopefully, you know, saving up enough money, working your way up through a corporation. And, and that's something that sparked in my brain as soon as I read that book. So uh, basically, I quit my job after I read that book. 
uh, refinanced out of the, uh, I bought my first house at 20 years old. So that was a big deal in itself too. I mean, people, yeah. this is when West houses in West Valley were going for a hundred grand. So within a year, um, the big, the big light bulb going off was that book. But I think it was the uh, possibility that, you know, I, I didn't have to work, exchange my time for money. So at the time I was grinding it out, you know, I was, I was in, the, in the balance transfer space at Discover Card, which was my first financial position. Thought it was a great job. And I thought, hey, I could be with this company for years, you know. So I, I took that first year and I, I think I year to date, you know, was somewhere around 35K I made that year. And at the time, you know, 20 year old kid, you know, going to college, trying to do school and all that. I thought I was on some levels making it, you know, and then what, what I realized after that first year is that, you know, I need reading that book is I need to get into real estate and I, I bought a house that second year at the job. But then by the time I, uh, you know, that second year came around, I had made $50,000 off the house in just appreciation. So I refinance and, and, you know, 50 grand for a 20, 21 year old is huge. And also, you know, at the time I found out I was pregnant, you know, I had my first son on the way yeah. too. So it was a scary time, but also like, Hey, if you're going to do it, go for it. You know, 35 grand. I, I did like a, I think it was like an 80, you know, 20 loan, whatever it was. And pulled out, I think at 35 liquid and just rolled it. Right. Yeah. And then I started rolling each, each, each deal kind of built on the last. We started, uh, using the bird strategy. I'm familiar with the bird strategy. Oh, what is that? So, so for the people who don't know the bird, Bird? Burr. Burr. Yeah. Burr strategy. Yeah, so you I don't hear that a lot. You don't yeah. hear that a lot right now. This is yeah, before, this right? people are people are talking about it now like it's the new acronym acronym for for uh, the way to invest in real estate from a fix and flip standpoint. So this is back early two thousands, right? So the market was totally different back then, even though at the time it felt like a lot of money, you know. But it, it stands for buy, rehab, refinance, rent. And if you, and if you, if you, if, if you want to take it a, a step further, repeat, yeah. right? So Burr, B-E-R-R-R-R. Okay. So that, that was a strategy. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. That's smart. <laughs> I like, that's the title that, for the podcast. Right? Yeah. Right. So <laughs> that was a strategy back then. And, and we were basically, uh, you know, each investment stacked on the next, right? So the initial house in West Valley, hundred next year, it's worth 150. Now I have 50 grand to play with vested in a house in, uh, Riverton was my next purchase. At the time, it was a little half acre lot. It was about six thousand square feet, unfinished basement. Picked it up on a on a foreclosure at like three hundred grand. So um, yeah, so I mean, it was just build on the next. Did the same strategy, built out the basement, but now I'm in a new build. Put another hundred grand in equity into the house, refinance, pull out a hundred grand roll it on the next one and just keep. And, just and did you rent that house or did you guys stay in that one? Um, that was it, a big house. It was a big one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we could have, right. But uh, at the time I was, you know, I, I tend to bring my network in close to me. So I, you know, I had my best friend living with me at the time and he was the real estate agent and I acted as the investor. So we were putting in, you know, long hour days. We'd, we'd made the office, uh, you know, inside the house, part of our, uh, our business. So, you yeah. know, that was a, t a tax write off using the house as that, but we were we were putting in like 20 30 offers blind offers in daily you know we wow. don't we, we got it down so well that you know we we had uh you know we it would be the same search criteria daily this is back when there actually was inventory on the market there was foreclosures and short sales and pocket listings and things like this matter right so we just targeted you know buy low sell high right we're yeah. just a couple younger kids you know fresh out of college or in that age group and we were going for it, right? You know, we started our business, it was called LP Capital Investments at the time. We were loving life because, you know, at the time we felt like we were the gurus of the game, you know, just, you know, and everyone was asking us like, how'd you do it? Because just a year prior, 
you know, I was, you know, my first job I took here in Salt Lake was Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory just to kind of take you back, you know, <laughs> make eight bucks an hour, you know, so, yeah. you know, so, you know, I, I started from basically just ground zero, you know what I mean? Worked my way up and then uh, quit the nine to five, went for it in real estate and, and just uh, kept using the same method over and over and yeah. over again. So, so be before we go, go forward in that story, um, I mean, let's, let's talk about you, bro. Like, like. You came here when you were, what, 20, 21? About 20 years old. About 20 years old. So yeah. why did you pick Utah? I mean, holy shit, bro. You're in Boston. You come to Utah. Why Utah? Yeah, so uh, I had an older brother out here at the time going to, going to college. So he said, come on out, you know, out west. Uh, he was already here. So, had you know, he was kind of gave me that initiative to come out and stay with him. And um, and that was really basically it. And then when I had my first son, that's what kept me here. I, was, I figured I would just be out here. I was, I was really pursuing a baseball career. I, I played baseball in high school and uh, wanted to go to college on it. was going to try to, you know, what they call it, red shirt or whatever, when you walk on to a, yeah. to a baseball because I didn't have a scholarship at the time, but I was looking to get one. So, um, you know, pursued the whole normal go to school like your parents say. And, you know, but quickly I figured out, like, I'm, I'm going to school <laughs> but I'm learning subjects that I'm not interested in, and it feels like a, another business, right? So it just wasn't the right fit for me. Um, I've been a serial entrepreneur ever since. Yeah, so. yeah we'll, we'll get to that. And then uh, if you guys haven't noticed, we have Alan over here on the podcast today. <laughs> I'm like, where are we going to put the title in on this one? Oh, yeah, Alan's here. <laughs> I'm here. So <laughs> we got Alan here, too. Um, so just to give, give you guys an idea of uh, you know how we all met. So back in the day when I used to cut hair, this is a long time ago. Um, I met Matt through barbering. Uh, he was a client of mine. I actually met Alan through barbering as well. Uh, really, really great. I feel like I used to always preach this back in school when I went to hair school was I use that as a stepping stone to, yep. you know, network and, you know, meet people and, and then you, you find your area that you want to pursue. And, and I used you know, barbering to do that. But, um, but we go way back, man. I remember when you and I started hanging out, it was about when the market crashed Yeah, and, uh, you were, you still had some real estate deals, but you were kind of losing, yep. you know, all your momentum that you had gained uh, in your business, right? Yep. So what happened after that? Because when the real estate market went down, 2007, 2008, um, you started investing in all types of shit. I mean, you had tanning yeah. salons, and you, had, <laughs> you, had, you had all types of businesses, right? I mean, yeah. cell, I mean cell phone store, yeah. cell phone store, um, I, I smoke mean, shop. Yeah. What was the motivation behind that? Were you just thinking about trying to make a make a quick buck? I mean, what, what was the motivation? Yeah, I mean, that? when you go through that that era, and I, and I look back on that, I mean, it's a big learning experience, right? I mean, it's similar to where we're at right now with real estate, where everyone's you know caught up in you know this you know paying over list price, right? It was the same thing going on back oh eight oh nine. And I, I was in that, in that, but I had never seen a recession, right? So that was the big, the big difference is that experience. But um, during that time period, you know, when when you when you go have a house and you're in that ninja loan, that no no doc loan, you're basically leveraging house on house. So you're 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 using the equity to get into your next deal. So, you know, when you look at the prices of, of property back then, um, overnight they were cut in half. So, every, you know, I was paying, I think at the time, like, I mean, our overhead was like 50, 60 grand a month just to keep the payments afloat, right, just for each property. So you got to think, like, how, how long can you keep doing that before you're going to run out of money, right? Um, so if you don't have another deal and everything's worth half, I mean, you, you kind of see the writing on the wall, right? So um, had to go through bankruptcy, you know, straight up. So at the time, I had to make that executive decision, me and my business partner, my best friend at the time that actually I brought out from back east. We grew up, we knew each other since five years old. 
you know, both went through a bankruptcy, uh, basically went down in flames. I mean, we had to let go of every property we had because it just it just didn't make sense. It just didn't pencil out. So you, at that time, you kind of got to pick yourself up, use whatever cash you have, cash reserves left over, um, which wasn't a lot. And, and you have to make that money turn because now you're no longer have credit. Right. So the credit yeah. is the key there. I mean, the leveraging <clears throat> game is all about credit. So um, when you don't have credit now, you're on a cash basis. So, you know, I had to find other you know ways of income yeah so yeah. that's when you guys caught me at that time i mean i, I really was open to all ideas <laughs> yeah you were you had, you had all types of clowns yeah pitching your proposals and oh ideas. yeah it was a daily thing <laughs> i was in the background yeah. like bro what are you doing this guy yeah. this guy's got nothing you, you, you're listening to this guy right yeah he's got he's got no resume you're listening <laughs> to this fucking guy yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i mean i'm coming from the financial space right so i'm thinking everyone has my you know concerned about me at a heart, yeah. but really they were looking after themselves yeah. and I just bringing the wrong people yeah. into my circle. I mean, they, I forget the guy that said, I think it's Pena. He says, you know, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah. Right. And that's so true. You yeah. know what I mean? So if you're yeah. out there spending time with clowns, you'll be the sixth clown for sure. I mean, if there's five people around you on average, you're spending your time with, I mean, that's, that's basically yeah. what it turns out to be. And that's exactly what turned my life upside down at that time. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. but you learned a lot about when the market did crash and you went through the bankruptcy thing, you learned a lot about the credit. And I, I know you had a background in discover financial, right? And yep. so you understood how that worked and, and, and leveraging from real estate, obviously. Yep. Um, but what got you to this point? Because right now you have a, a, a credit repair business, right? Yep. But you guys are doing a lot more than credit repair. And I'll let you talk about that in a second. But um, I learned a lot about credit from this guy. Me too. One day, I think I was like, 23, 24, we're at my house in my basement. And I was like, he's like, where's your credit at? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I use cash for everything, right? Yeah. I was a barber. I was making good money. Cash is paying everything for cash. And you're like, let's let's take a look at him. How do you look at it? And you showed me. I think we got on like, uh, we went to every credit bureau's website. We went to Experian, TransUnion. Uh, who's the other one? Equifax. Equifax. Yep. We pulled them all up, all the reports, and my credit score was low. It was like 540 or some yeah. shit. And I'm like, what? How could it be that low? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he sat there with me and he explained how it works. We went and disputed all these things, right? And a month later, my credit scores, all three, jumped a hundred points. A yeah. hundred points. And I was Within like, month. what? Yeah. I'm like, what? I started getting credit cards. Hey, you're approved in the mail, a ton, ton of them, right? And I'm like, Okay, so I need to start focusing on credit. But Matt yeah. had, I mean, he wasn't doing credit repair back then, but he had such an extensive knowledge on, on credit repair. It was, it was insane. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't hear this from people, you know, lenders we worked with in the past, Alan and I, you know, we, we talked to him about some of our clients who need credit repair. And we talked to them about, hey, um, can what can they do for this? And, and, and the, even the lenders have no idea. Yeah. And I'm like, you think that they would be the ones to understand how to get this guy from this point to this point. Right. And a lot of them don't. And so I'm like, man, and I know there's credit repair companies out there, but they're nightmares. And right. I've heard situations where they take money over and over and over for months on end and nothing gets done. Right. Then they're impossible to reach. Yep. And so it's like, okay, I always thought of Matt as that guy. Yeah. Like, oh my God, if, if Matt just focused on this, I know damn well he could really change some people's lives. Cause like I said, you're not just offering credit repair. You guys are offering financial education, right? You guys are teaching everything that you've learned and you've learned a lot. You've been a millionaire multiple times. Yep. Right. So, so talk to me about what you're doing now and, and how you're helping people in that situation. Cause Alan and I are definitely going to be sending you our, our people. Yeah. And, and the reason why I wanted to do this was to, you know, shine some light on 
that situation, especially right now where buyers and borrowers are not in, in the best situation, or they could be right there on the cusp of being able to get approved for a property and they don't know what to do. Yeah. Right. And so, and they might just be one phone call away. I'm not trying to turn this into an advertisement, but <laughs> what I'm saying is true, yeah. right? Because I was, true. I was in that position. So, so because you went through the bullshit in 2008, Right. And you learned about what to do, what not to do and, and how to repair and, and fix your credit and put yourself in a better position to leverage. Um, is, is that kind of what got you to that point? Is that how you learned? I mean, through your own experience, I mean, you, you went through BK. You're one of the only guys I know that done that and yep. you don't even have it on your. No, it's not there anymore. It's not even on there. And yeah. You, and you went in two years or something. How'd you get it off? Yeah. I mean, you're, you're available to get a loan after two years um, again, but if it's still showing up on your credit. Right. I mean, would you loan money to someone that had yeah, BK on their know. credit? Right. Let's no. be honest here. Right. So what's great about credit repair in that industry is it allows me to speak to individuals from all industries, all verticals, right? So credit's going to come up more and more, and it has come up more and more since originally I got involved in it back in the early 2000s. So my education, knowing that, has only grown over time. And now with the power of social media, I mean, it's, it's, you can see where it can empower people to, to really change their perspective, similar to I had that experience back in you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad. So... The name of our company is called Leverage Financial Group. Um, our company is, uh, we're in the emerging markets. Right now, we have a hedge fund we run uh, in the crypto space um, for investors. But um, but part of our hedge fund also involves commercial real estate. We see a huge opportunity in that. Um, but where we target our customers are people that are looking to get into homes, specifically residential right now, because we feel like we have the biggest impact in that. But we speak to those pain points you mentioned earlier, which is, hey, I can't get can't get a hold of my guy. You know, I've been making this monthly payment. Nothing's falling off. So we only take clients that we can help. We have a full litigation team behind us that will actually underwrite each file that we take on. And we take a consultative approach to people that are looking to make that change. Just similar to my situation, I was working a great job, thought I had everything together, pulled my credit, you know, high fives, low sixes, whatever you want to call it at the time couldn't do anything with it, right? So people don't really check their score until they need to go get a loan, right? Or get a credit card or get a car or a house, whatever it is, right? So the key is really just understanding each person's situation and customizing a tailored approach to each individual for what their needs are. And what we do is we plan and execute on people's goals and speak to their needs because everyone has you know, a different idea of financial success, financial literacy. So we educate them on the best practices. We created a SOP for, uh, you know, for them to basically follow and roadmap their, their, it's called Credit Street Solutions um, is the name of the, the credit repair side of the company. So Leverage Group is a full wealth management company, but we have different divisions. Basically, that's the parent company and these are the uh, different divisions inside it. But we feel like targeting people that are trying to make a change initially, people's, when they think of their biggest purchase, they're thinking of a home, right? And that usually is most people's biggest goal is just to find that dream home. Right. So if that's your goal, like we help you on that road to success. And I try to plant the seeds of saying, hey, you know, why buy one house when you can buy two and, and, and look at it more from a Grant Cardone, you know, position of saying, you know, hey, it's about the cash flow. You know, a house can be an asset or a liability, depending on how you're looking at it. Right. So, you know, now people look at your primary residence, you know, rent where you uh, you live buy where you your rent. Right. So look at hey, What about a fourplex it still still fits into that residential? you know, side of things, uh, right? So it's all about cash flow, using, you know, technology to your advantage. Airbnb is a great strategy. I mean, you don't even have to even buy a house now. You know what I mean? You could just be cash flowing on, on rents and not even own the property, right? 
So our, our team is full full of uh, serial entrepreneurs as well. And it's all about creative financing. We're a lender that creates solutions rather than, you know, hit walls. If you don't fit into a box, you know, we're the exact opposite of that. So we fit a niche, a niche for, for lenders specifically that have hard files. Uh, we target um, home loan lenders that are, you know, I'd say about five out of 10 people that are applying for home loans right now are being turned down either due to credit inaccuracies and or derogatories and high debt to income ratios. So we actually have a solution for both. Um, our, our, our big product that will be launching early March uh, will be called the Home Assistance Accelerator. Um, it allows homeowners that, um, or future homeowners that are looking to get a home that maybe are over leveraged on a credit card, we would offer the financing on a short-term basis to pay off their credit cards so you can move forward on the loan. Oh, wow. So the, the, the key the key there is really um, once you once you go over about 30% utilization on your credit cards, um, your score starts to be impacted negatively and it can drop anywhere from 100 to 150 points yeah. Yeah. anytime you over leverage your credit card. Right. So I that, mean, that happened to me just yeah. recently. Right. Yeah. So I went ahead and, and got I got my teeth done. <laughs> I got the teeth done. Right. And, uh, you know, I paid some cash, you know, but I borrowed money. Yep. And and the uh, my credit score dropped so much from this, you know, these little cards that I yeah. use. And, and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. And, and so now, I'm like, OK, luckily this week we paid everything off. Right? Yeah. And so I'm waiting until it refreshes so I can see that score back up in the high sevens or low, you know, low eights. But absolutely. Um, but I'm like, man, like that is so crazy because I make good money. Right. My my, my history is amazing, but I could be turned down for something as simple as having the, the high debt to, or the high utilization. Yeah. Right. Correct. And so what you what, what you're saying basically is if somebody comes and they're like, hey, man, I got forty thousand dollars in debt, but I make good money. I have a good job. Uh, I have great credit history, but my utilization is very high. What you guys are offering is some sort of a, a credit short-term line. financing. We'll actually okay. we'll actually pay down your card. So so you'll pay down their card to help them get approved for the loan. Correct. Okay. Move That's them through the cool. loan process. So there's not a product on the market that even exists like this. Wow. Um, so we're going to launch it nationwide soon. We're testing it out in Utah currently with a couple select exclusive uh, lenders. Uh, so we actually back our own loans right now. We're bootstrapping it right now, the product, but we're going to. Uh, Put it out there nationwide here by early early March. We're just going through the uh, you know fine lines of the contractual side with the with the lawyers. Wow. Yeah. You know this guy. You understand <laughs> yeah. that this guy is a genius. I, that's what we, we don't we, think it right we, now. We've always known that. <laughs> we've always known that, bro. Well, I think outside the box. I <laughs> mean, that, that's really the key, right? You know. Yeah. Well, because especially lately, I feel like a lot of lenders they have an issue with you know qualifying people, whether mm -hmm. their credit, you know, especially with how low rates are right now. You know anything you can do to get to get to get your credit up to be able to qualify for a home? It's a no-brainer decision, right? Or to refinance or whatever it might be, right? Um, but getting but getting creative with that financing, like you're talking about, you know, if they can't qualify for for whatever the reason may be due to their debt to income ratio, mm -hmm. and you guys are able to offer a product where that can help them, correct? To be able to qualify for for that next home. So I'm, actually, I'm actually curious to know about that. Yeah, more about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, this thing is amazing, right? Let's see what else we got here. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh man! Oh, it's amazing. It's too much fun over here. Yeah. All right, I'll turn it off, uh, dude. No, that's that's yeah. dope, right? Because I know a lot of people in that situation. I right. talk to them where they're like, "Hey, man, I, I want to get approved for a house, but I paid on some debt first. Right, and that all, that's all business is, right? It's solving yeah. a problem. I mean, come up with a solution where there is none, 
right? That, that's that's all business is. People try to overcomplicate, use fancy words. And I think once once you get down to it, I mean, that's a that's an issue in the industry because who wants to go into a loan officer's desk, bring all their doc, tax documents, open up their life, right, just to be turned down because of something like that. So, like I said, we take an educational approach with the customers, clients. We say, hey, you know, this is where you're at. We have a solution for you. And we think outside the box and, and, and people have, you know, that's who they want to deal with. Or that's why we've been so successful because mm-hmm. uh, we think creatively when it comes to financing and offer solutions where there is none, right? Look, look at this. <clears throat> okay. So Matt kills it. Yep. I swear. In, in everything that you do, bro, you always think outside the box and you always kill it. And it's the entrepreneur in you, right? You always find a way. You always figure out whatever you got to do to make whatever you're working on work, right? This thing is working already. This guy is just killing it right now. He's got so many damn files. Just to get him on the podcast, I had to scream at this guy last night, bro. <laughs> I was like you know? screaming and selling. Get yeah. on the podcast, right? Because you, you, you're in that, I feel like you, myself, Alan, you know, we're kind of in that age group. We're like, I think we're in our 30s now, but we're in that age group where it's like, we don't really, that's not part of our routine to promote ourselves on social media constantly. And we're right. pushing it hard. And trust me, it's a lot of fucking work, right? Yeah. But we're in that age group where it's like, you see kids now and they're like 20 tweets a day plus 10 like Instagram posts and I'm, Facebook posts. I'm, happy, I'm, I'm lucky if I get one post I'm lucky if I get day. one a week. Like I'm good with that, yeah. right? Right. But, but we're not in that, like we haven't really pushed that. I think it's because the way we are, like we haven't really grew up in that mentality, right? Um. And, and you're there too. And I'm like, dude, you're doing so good. I don't think you really need to promote your social media, but we definitely need to get you on that because you're not really on that. I'm not on you're not on all, that, actually. right? That was one of the, the, the roadblocks he was trying to put <laughs> in front of getting the podcast. Yeah. And I was like, we talked about this weeks ago. You're like, oh, let me get it set up first. Yeah. I call my son. Hey, bro, tomorrow at 9 a.m., <laughs> tomorrow at 10 a.m., 10.30, just be here. Uh, no, I got to do my social media first. I said, I will do it for you after Daniel will set it up. And he's like, uh, I need a custom suit first. (laughs) I need a custom suit. I was like, no, get here. I'm going to your office to pick you up. (laughs) I swear to God, you better be here. Exactly. Right. And now you're here. I'm telling you, bro. Like the reason why I was so excited to get you here is because that reason we have agents on the team who talk to people who are like, Oh my gosh, everything is in in place. My credit is okay. You know, but my utilization is just a little too high. And so that what you're offering, like you got to get that on social media so people know about that. Cause that's a yeah. really, really big deal. Yeah. Especially right now. You know what I mean? People need homes and they're not able to get it because something as stupid as a credit card that's over 30%. Right. right? So, so what is the strategy? Is it to pay it down completely or is it to pay it down just under 30%? Well, I mean, if you look at it from a short term perspective, I mean, our goal is to get them their home loan, right? So people, I mean, I, I say this all the time, but I mean, the whole credit repair name has a bad connotation, right? It's not sexy. Nothing sexy about it. What's sexy is going to buy that house, right? You're, you're getting that dream home for your family. That That's, you know, putting a roof over your family's head. So we put the focus on that, but in that process, we educate them on why their score is where it is. People don't do that, right? They just take their money and, and run a lot of times. So utilization after 30%, you know, just getting them to understand what, what makes up a credit score is a big part of it, right? Um, and that quickly turns into, Hey, now there's business credit, which we could talk about as well. But, um, basically the whole utilization thing, the whole problem, like we both talked about, that's the number one and number two reason is either credit, you're getting declined because you have a low credit score, but there's also thin files. You have no depth in your credit, right? You have, you might have a credit card, but you know, you've had it for two months. Right. Um, so 
the, the whole idea behind, you know, getting a good credit score is so you can leverage that credit to get the things that you want, right? So if, whether it's starting a business, whether it's to invest in a home, um, you know, there's, there's so many areas where credit's going to come up and it's so relevant nowadays that if you don't understand how credit works, you are behind, you are super behind, you know? So this is something I learned early on by reading that book. I encourage everyone to read that book always. I mean, that was really my childhood mentor, Robert Kiyosaki, and he's still super relevant to today. I mean, he's, he's speak, speaking facts, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're not listening to a mentor, I encourage everyone to go out there and read, uh, you know, um, it's going to separate you from the pack. You know what I mean? Just really understanding yourself. I mean, the best investment you can make is in yourself. Um, I'm a big believer in, in self-education. So just really, if there's some subjects you want to know about, for me, that I was always interested in the financial world. If I wasn't going to make it in baseball, if I, didn't, I couldn't hit a ball over the fence, then I was going to make it in one other area. And that's financial literacy is where I, you know, I pride myself in just trying to really just continue to educate, self-educate, so I can use that knowledge as leverage in, in, in the working world, right? So there's, there's, you know, we get caught up in the day-to-day, but, I mean, if you're going to be looking at, you know, IG or Facebook, because that tends to be where people scroll and, and, and things like that, might, might as well tune into people that you respect and that you, you feel like they're giving you knowledge that you can use on a day-to-day, yeah. right? Versus just, you know, going to school. A lot of times people go to school, and I'm not, not against school because I'm all about education, but if you're going to go to school, take classes that are going to be applicable to whatever your craft is. You know, there's too many people out there that have great <coughs> degrees on the wall, but they're not even using them. Right. Which so, is so common to hear. Yeah. I feel like you hear that all the time. Yeah. It's, uh, it's unfortunate, I feel like, because we, we all, you know, I feel like we were all brought up thinking college is the only way to go. Right. Me too. Right. You know, and I went, I got my degree and everything. But right. Even while I was going to college, I had no idea. <laughs> I was literally selling phones out of my backpack. And right. Still. But I was just going to college just to get that degree out of the way. And then even after I graduated, I'm like, I'm not going to do anything with it. Right. But you wanted to be able to finish it. Right. Um, but yeah, it's unfortunate. I have a lot of, you know, friends. I'm sure we all do as well. Yeah. yeah and then it's right like, now they rack up all that, all that, yeah. that, that they debt, rack up all that debt. debt and then they're not yeah. able to buy a house. Well, student debt is actually bigger than credit card debt now. So if you add up all the student debt out there, it's more than credit cards actually overlapped it as, <clears> as the leading debt source in the United States. And as we all know, student debt's not going anywhere. You can't be K student debt. It's going to be stick with you. You know what I mean? So it's a government subsidized, you know what I mean? Most of it. So can't BK it. So you're going to have to pay it one way or another. You can keep deferring it, but it, it, it's going to ride with you. Yeah. You know? So, so, so that for you is, is something that you. Yeah. I mean, I have a 16 year old son. Um, he's interested in going to school in Hawaii specifically and, and play baseball like his old man. And I, and I of course encourage that. I want him to reach his goals. I mean, I don't put anything in his, in his way. I don't want to, you know, put him into a box as far as what, where he wants to gravitate towards. But I, I do try to, educate him on why he's going to school like well just because for why you know you have to ask that why question right because you might be listening to a, your business professor talk to you about business but go ask him how many businesses he's ran why are you teaching it you know if you, if you never ran a business you know do you know what goes into running a business it's business is people you know what i mean understanding how people work what gets people you know motivated you know what i mean what keeps them honest you know it's a business culture you know what i mean it's creating those company values you know a value ladder having a mission statement those simple simple things you know when you bring people into your company culture understanding them i mean we, we made the statement earlier you know slow to hire quick to fire mm-hmm. and that's how you need to be if you're going to be in that you know understand what why you're hiring someone make sure their skill sets meet the protocols make, make sure their integrity is there in, in whatever they're doing for your company and 
And if, if they don't meet those KPIs, you know, key performance indicators, then I would suggest firing them quickly. Why, why drag it out, right? So um, create that, you know, transparency on the front end uh, of your business. Understand your business so no one can run your business better than you and no one's going to have more pride in your business than you. So once you step out of the limelight and start outsourcing, which is a new thing, delegation, automation is the new, you know, what's going on in 2021, which I, I highly recommend to do, you, you know, but do those things with the right people that understand what, why they're in their position. So, yeah. uh, you know, understanding your business. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. you got to bring in that Iron Man award. So we can <laughs> shut up. <laughs> no, dude, that's, that's fire. Yeah. yeah. That really is. Right. I mean, just from the conversation you and I both had, you know, this morning, you know, and, and, and right now, you know, it makes me, think back, okay, I could have done this differently, right? With this situation, I could have done that differently. And even right now, you know, you and I, we think still, you know, we're like, eh, maybe, maybe we need to get rid of this or, you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, this thing on, okay. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just feel like, you know, you have so much knowledge and that's why I'm happy you're not cutting it just at the uh, the credit repair. I mean, talk to me about the financial literacy. Yeah, uh, I mean, um, so like I was saying earlier, I mean, credit is where we target people because I feel like, the reason why we start in the credit repair space is that sets the, the foundation. So I have a book that I just launched. It's called uh, Leverage Literacy, The Foundation of Credit. And that's really just the first chapter in the, and it's going to be multiple courses behind that. But I feel like once you under, start to make it, want to make a change, then credit's going to be one of the first things that pops up that's holding you back from whatever that next purchase is. Whether, whether your goal is to own the Ferrari or is to own the the mansion, it, it, credit's going to come into to play, right? Um, or to leverage anything. It's just it's just part of the how people pre-qualify you. So that was the first uh, chapter, which which is our Credit Street Solution um, product, and that's that company. But the when you graduate from that, you you start looking at, hey, I want to quit my nine to five. I want to own my own business, right? So most business owners fail in the first year or two due to they're undercapitalized and they have lack of leadership. So just because you want to start a business doesn't mean you, you know how to run a business, right? So when you set up a business profile similar to a personal profile, there's uh, certain building blocks that go behind that. Uh, Dun & Bradstreet's the main data um, gatherer of business data. They've been around for about 100 years. Now Experian and Equifax are also starting to do a, a business profile. But there's actually a way to separate your profiles where you have also a personal profile, which everyone knows about, but also a business profile. And um, how that correlates is it's created through a, a Paydex score, um, which is generated through Dun & Bradstreet. So every business gets assigned a Paydex score, assuming that they can have at least three uh, net 30s reporting to Dun & Bradstreet. Okay. So um, just like a credit score is attached to your social, a business EIN is how is that, that's looked at. So you can actually build similar to a social, but... And EIN stands for Employee Identification Number, but it's how a business is recognized, how it's taxed through the government. Okay, so when you go to set up a business, you know, you're going to have to set up an LLC or S corporation and, you know, speak to your tax attorney about that. But the point is there's, there's rights that you have. You're basically creating another human if you want to, you know, it's like you can't buy a social, but you can buy a business social with an EIN through our other business division, which is called Entity Street. So that's our merger and acquisition uh, side of the business where we acquire businesses uh, for lending. Uh, we target cut, uh, clients or, or uh, profiles that have lending attached to their business. So some, just like you can buy, um, uh, you know, a 
business that has at least three years in history is what we target because as we all know about after about two years, banks will actually start lending to you. So you need about two years in the game before a bank will even talk to you. Um, so we target businesses that are at least three years old or older and that are expired. So if you're a business owner at some point, you're going to fail probably 10 times along the way. And what is that? Where's all that data go? Where's that business go? You know, I mean, think about your, your, your hair business. You know, you probably started an LLC at the time, you know, but you, you racked up two, three years. So a business owner, you know, that's starting fresh versus starting for three years is viewed totally different in the eyes of lending. Um, so we target those, those, those entities. We buy them on a merger and acquisition through what we call a stock sale. Um, the difference between a stock sale and an asset sale. I mean, most people, when they view businesses, they're looking at the profit and loss and what assets come with the business. And that's how they evaluate the, the business through a, a market valuation through a business broker, similar to a real estate agent, but a business broker selling business. Yeah. We, we take a total different approach. This is, again, a revolutionized uh, product because we, we, it's called a stock purchase. So we buy the stock of the business. So we actually buy all assets and liabilities with the business. But the benefit of that, if you do your due diligence, is you can actually buy the company's history that comes along with it. And that's where you guys- That's where we, that's so we target those businesses that are at least three years or older. <clears throat> so an entrepreneur, for example, if you're an entrepreneur sitting in, in the seat and you're, and you're looking at, I wanna start a business, well, you can start a fresh one, but you're gonna be waiting three years before a bank will give you any money, right? So versus buying a business through Entity Street, you can actually get get lending the first day you're in business. That's smart. I never knew about that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you know, just <laughs> that is so. Again, thinking differently. Mm -hmm. So, so um, pick, pick do you guys up. have any? Do you guys have any right now that I could pick up? Because I might want to look at some. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's let's talk after the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah seriously. Yeah. Let's talk about it because Alan and I we want to start you know, getting some, some, some business loans, you know, or, or credit lines through the, through, through the business right? Um, to help us push this thing a lot further. Right. Um, so we can definitely talk about doing something. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's creative financing, you know, lending solutions. I mean, the, the reason why um, it's, it's useful to guys like you is mean, you can, you can get a business from day one and go out there and, and, and go to any bank basically and, and show them that, you know, you're profitable day one and um, the bank will, base of their decision on that, that, that first indicator is that three year mark, really two years is good, but you really want to be at three, you know? So wow. day one, um, and like I said, it's, it's done in a tiering system to kind of give you an idea. Tier one is like your, your net thirties companies like Quill. Um, you know, what's the other big one I'm, I'm forgetting right now. Um, anyways, there's a couple of them. They're, they're basically, <laughs> <laughs> I found it. I was like, yeah. I hope that's the right button. <laughs> um, but they're, they're net 30 companies that are set up where they, they give you, they give you their product on a, on a net 30 term. You got to pay them back in 30 days. So you build up your initial credit through that from there. It graduates to tier two. Um, and tier two is where you talk about store cards, things like that, that, that nature. But you have to, but it's, but it's just like your, your, your personal credit, you have to build it, right? You yeah. have to show transactions, you have to show data points on your credit profile. And as you build your business credit profile, people will give you lending, right? Um, and it's not just the banks. I mean, it's, it's, it's everyone, credit unions, it's private lenders. They, they pull your business profile now to find out what your business has been doing for the last three years. And most business owners aren't even aware of it, that there's complete separation. And the reason why you want to build a, pres a, a business uh, profile is for that non-personal guaranteed loan that we're all after. So non-personal guaranteed loans 
start when you start talking about a business doing at least three million in gross revenue a year, you have to have that minimum of three years in business and you have to have a paydex score of 80 or above. So if you don't understand what, what goes into that, that basically means like, for example, like when I claimed bankruptcy, it was because I had all my assets on my name was personally guaranteeing all my assets, right? So if you go through the bankruptcy, it's because, you know, you have no way out, but if you put your assets, you know, protected with an LLC or S corp, you can actually can separate your assets from your personal side. Um, so that, that's key, right? Because now you, your assets can go out and get lending and you don't have to write your name down that you're going to back that loan. Your business is actually operating on its own without you, your personal social being used. So you can wow. just use your EIN. Damn. Smart. That's smart. So yeah, we'll talk some, we'll talk some stuff after this, yeah. you know, yeah. get, get yeah, down to, to it. Yeah. yeah. I want to. Yeah. Um, so before we go, right. What, uh, you don't have the social media set up, right? Not what yet. I mean, the, what, what is the, what is the website right now? You have a website. So we have a couple websites. We're we're yeah. uh, we're, we're. I mean, the, the big product, the high, our high ticket is is going to get people to invest with us in our cryptocurrency hedge fund because it does encompass really our core competencies as a team. I mean, real estate being one of them. We see huge opportunities in the market. There's forbearance going on. We think towards the end of the year, things are going to start to you'll start to see some deals popping up. Um, so we're really gathering cash right now for that time period. Uh, we feel like there's going to be opportunities. So we're trying to stay as liquid as possible. But cryptocurrency is something that I think everyone needs to pay attention to right now because that is the opportunity of our lifetime. I mean, we were too young in the internet boom. I mean, I, I mean, all I know about the internet boom was I was trying to chat in AOL, right? Yep. So <laughs> Listen to this. Yeah. Matt and I... Like 10 years ago, 20 yeah, years ago. Bitcoin, bro. we were talking about 2010. If we would have thrown I just know. A, we're like, we should put 10 grand into this bro, thing. We'd be, we would, that was like all of the yeah. money we had left. Yeah. Like, Let's put 10 grand into this thing. Yeah, we'd be having this conversation <laughs> in the Bahamas with, on our private jet right now. You know what I mean? Which yep. is, you know, we all want to be there, right? But we missed out. Lack so of, many people missed out. Right. Yeah. They don't act. You know yeah. what I mean? You need to act. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think people need to start paying attention to cryptocurrency, understanding what goes into it. And it's really the cryptocurrency is, is because it's based on a technology called blockchain. So if you're not familiar with blockchain, I don't want to go into detail about it, but you need to get familiar. That's going to revolutionize the way people do business um, for the, you know, it's, it's supposed to disrupt Google. Let's just say that. OK, so Google, they're saying, is, is going to come down because of blockchain, because everything is uh, decentralized now. And uh, people love the peer to peer side of it where you don't have to use a bank. Um, and things are getting globalized, right? People don't trust governments on a global level now. They're thinking of alternatives. It's the new digital gold. So get get familiar with Bitcoin. Get familiar with Ethereum. Um, but but really, just understand if you don't if you don't have a a basic you know knowledge, do your research. I always tell people do your research before you make any financial decisions, so you understand what you're getting involved with prior you know do your do your background yeah on, on on subjects like that so have you have you done any transactions in in some of your other businesses using uh cryptocurrency yeah 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 we're we're, we're currently involved in a couple of projects we're coming out with a proprietary software uh which basically is um if you if, if you do e-commerce you'll know the term jungle scout because it's basically a tool that's used to um basically look at products from a analytical standpoint and look at the data. And that's one key aspect. Like I've always been good in sales and marketing, but I don't really understand things from like an IT data perspective. I just tend to just jump in on things because that's just my personality and just get, get in and figure it out as I go, um, which is good, a good attribute, but bad if you, if you start taking losses and you over leverage yourself, right? 
Um, so, so really understanding what goes into decision making when you make an, a, a financial decision, as we all know, I mean, we wouldn't be on the show because if we weren't talking about social media and in general, I mean, that, that is the influence right now. So it's targeted around influencers. We're, we're, we're putting the, the, the software together to basically make, let people understand how to make better decisions when it comes to altcoins. Cause there's a lot of, uh, up and coming companies that are going to really revolutionize, you know, just like. Amazon wasn't anything 10, 20 years ago. And now, you know, you see that picture of him in his, you know, Amazon on the wall. I don't know if anyone's seen that, but, you know, yeah. now, you know, the guy, he just stepped down, speaking of that, just yeah. two days ago, right? Yeah. And they're, because of cryptocurrency, they're looking at, they're, they, the new CEO is because of because of cryptocurrency. But but basically, it's it's really just um, an opportunity for all of us. I, it's definitely not a get-rich-quick scheme. You have to understand what you're investing in, but all coins are super volatile, right? So if you don't invest in the right companies, you know, you could lose it as fast as you could, you could make it. So that's why I say do your research. But this tool is going gonna, is gonna to speak to that and, and be able to let people make better decisions on why invest in this altcoin versus other altcoins. And, and, and that's going to be, say, early summer this year. Mm-hmm. We'll, 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 we're te- it's in its test stages right now, but we'll be rolling that out through so our, guys, our financial. So you guys will, will offer that through the financial literacy? Yeah, that, that's going to be for the investment side. So we take people from from basically a, a credit, you know, derogatory standpoint. Um, we show them how to leverage their credit into the business side, into the business credit. If you're a business owner or entrepreneurship, reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you. We do weekly seminars. Um, <laughs> you're like, you're crinkling the bottle. Oh, like, yeah, we do weekly <laughs> seminars, kind of speaking to, to a lot of this stuff. But um, you know, but when it comes to the, to investing into a, to a hedge fund, I mean, we're targeting accredited investors. Um, those are people that have, you know, have at least a annual salary of 250,000 or more or have a net worth of a million dollars. So that, wow. that, that's more of a grant Cardone because there's just too many little guys that if they lose their money, they're, they're you know, they didn't know what they're, yeah, it's like, it's I don't, over. I don't need that, that backlash from, from people. So you have to really, that's why I say, understand what you're getting involved with, have that liquidity, be willing to put it in, be willing to hold. You know, because these things can go up, but as fast as they go up, they yeah. can go down. So knowing when to buy, when not to buy, it's not a day trading thing. It's and and, and we take a lot of the guesswork out of it. So rather than you following the markets and, and trying to reinvent it and trying to be the the next forex trader, we say, hey, you know, invest in our hedge fund because we it is hedged with with real estate as a, as a big one. Um, and, and but the crypto space is, is unless you understand it, you could lose it as fast as you gain it. So yeah. Alan's Alan's been investing in crypto yeah. lately, yeah. right? You've been yeah, trying now. to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Going back to what you mentioned, um, if people are going to invest, whether it's stocks or crypto or anything, only invest money that you are a hundred percent okay with losing. Correct. And that's the mistake that I feel like a lot of people will Great make. Point. Great point. They either get loans or whatever it might be to catch that ride. Right. Hey, Ethereum's going up or Bitcoin's going up. I want to get on the bandwagon. Right. And next thing you know, you drop a hundred grand right there, and it takes it takes a dip. Right. And uh, next thing you know, you're out twenty. 30 grand. You're right. Like, oh shit. What do I do? Um, but yeah, going back to it, only invest money that you are a hundred percent okay with losing. Me too. Like, you know, I'm in, you know, multiple altcoins. I have a lot in, I have quite a bit in Ethereum, but I do, I do a lot in stocks as well. Mm-hmm. But even if the market were to tank tomorrow at two zero, I have to be okay with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so I feel like people need to definitely realize that. Yeah. You know, I think Alan would do good as a day trader. 
Maybe because he doesn't. Maybe maybe because I'm not gonna lie to you. I maybe, love day trading. Yeah. Maybe because he doesn't yeah. celebrate his losses. But when he yeah. comes into the office, <laughs> Those he's wins, like, he's telling everybody about. I made ten thousand dollars today. Yeah, uh, it's, it's since eight o'clock. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> there's so much movement there. I mean, there's some there's some great great yeah, ways to make money. Yeah, yeah, and he's always ahead of it. So I don't know, yeah. like what you're studying or what you're doing. But this guy's like, oh, this company. I've never heard of that company. Where'd you find out? And right. Well, I have like, I have my little routine. I wake up in the morning and then I do my my research. Yeah. You know, before the market opens up, and I'm like, all right, which ones you know have the best chance of you know going up based on all the information i was able to gather yeah and then typically i'll take about 30 40 minutes before having my breakfast you know buy a few sell a few um either maybe write it out but i love to day trade um, but i'll typically knock it out in the morning before i come to work yeah because i know it's a distraction but like yesterday for example i told him i'm barely learning i'm barely learning how to do options now yeah and i was just trying it out the other day and i had a home run what yesterday uh, yeah how much did you make Thirteen five. Thirteen thousand five hundred. I mean, being done on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing yeah. it for a while. Yeah. But I mean, I'm sure you do your research on each company and, mm-hmm. and try to do the background before you. I mean, they, you don't want the the FOMO. Have you ever heard of the FOMO? Fear of missing yeah, out. Missing out. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, people uh, invest on on a couple reasons, but uh, I think fear or greed is the two yeah. number one and number two reasons. I mean, it's, that's how people invest, right? So if you can stay out of that, understand why you're in the space. Um, I mean, we're a big believer of hold, of hold, if you've heard that expression, but it's hold for the long term, basically. Um, and that's and that's what we intend to do. We feel like there's an opportunity right now um, because of this technology that's just going to disrupt the Internet. The, the, if you thought the Internet boom was big, cryptocurrency is going to just make it look small pretty soon here. Everyone's going to, if you're not in, involved in it early on, it's all about the early adopters, right? Because once everyone's doing it, you miss that boat, mm-hmm. right? So investors need to be aware of what's going on in that market because it is the opportunity of our lifetime. Well, just yeah. to give you an idea too, I went to Cancun, what, maybe a month ago, mm-hmm. two months ago, and I was actually trading a few stocks while I'm over there on the beach. And I was buying, I picked up some Ethereum at like 800 a share, I think roughly. At 17 something. Now it's 17 today yeah. when I checked. Yeah. You know, so we're talking about a, what, a month ago? That growth. You could have you doubled up. Yeah. You put, you put in 100 grand, you could have got two, et Correct. cetera. I mean, where do you, you, don't, you don't see those gains in any oh. industry. Mm-mm. It's oh. just insane growth. You know, so real estate's one of those things. I mean, I I still am a huge believer in real estate because of the tax advantages mostly. Uh, I mean, appreciation's good, but I mean, because the market's so high, there's, you know, if you're buying now, you're probably caught up in that, in that right now. So you're buying at the top. You know, they don't say buy, buy high, buy low. You know, it's the opposite. Yeah. I'm not, I'm (laughs) not doing that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. So, so, so right now, like I said, I I paid off a ton of debt this, uh, this week, uh, the wife and I, and, and just myself, you know, I'll be able to qualify million dollars if I wanted to, right? I'm not going to go and buy a house at that <laughs> price. Dude, the homes right now, I mean, oh my gosh, and I'm not trying to put down any of these, you know, sellers, but I'm seeing these properties because of the lack of inventory. Yep. They're not even fixing up the homes. They're not even doing it the right way. They're like, why do I have to do that? <laughs> these houses are going, yeah. you know, 300000 back in 2013. They're going for five right now. And it's Crazy. like, come on, man. So the, the homes I'm seeing in my price range, I'm not loving yeah. at all. And I'm like, I wouldn't feel comfortable making that purchase because right now the market's so high. So yeah. I am looking to build right now, you know, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm looking at some land in, in Immigration Canyon. You know, I talked to a couple agents over there, uh, some some uh, some lots I looked at up in uh, Big Big Cottonwood Canyon, Little Cottonwood Canyon as well. Okay. I seen something a little bit away from the city. You know, I'm from Vegas originally, grew up in the city, grew up over here in the city, lived downtown for about 10 years. Uh, I don't want to be in the city anymore. I don't want to be in a neighborhood anymore. Yeah. And then seeing how people are buying right now, I feel like it's that toilet paper mentality. Like when 
COVID hit and everybody was like, oh my God, go to buy all the toilet paper you can. It's yeah. kind of like that with real estate. There's yeah. barely any houses now. And everyone's like, they're buying whatever they can. They're spending as much as they can. Yeah. And it's, it's fucking but insane. You're missing out, right? That you're FOMO. missing out. Yeah, it's yeah. that FOMO. And I'm yeah. like, I don't want, I'm not going to participate in that bullshit. Right. right? So, so I'm definitely going to be building, you know, this year we're going to mm -hmm. lock up some land. I have a couple agents who are working with me who focus on that. You know, I'm trying to get some stuff that is, is raw land right now that I can, you know, turn into uh, something that can be developed like a home site. Yeah. Um, I have somebody working for me right now lo looking at getting some utilities hooked up to a piece of land yep. up in immigration Canyon. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully that, that works out in the next couple months cause I'm looking to buy it and then start building. Yeah. Um, but that, that's huge, man. Like, and I'm happy that I was able to pay that debt down, you know, cause I'm definitely going to be leveraging my credit. <laughs> yeah. To, to buy this. Well, stuff. I mean, Cardone you talks know. about renting where you live by where you rent. Right. So the, 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 and that's just a new analogy he uses, but I, I, I'm, I'm a believer in it on some level. I mean, I want to own properties, but I, I, that changed my perspective on how I view real estate really, because if it, it's, it's a cash flow model now, right? Because, because money is so cheap to borrow, you know, take more of a, a strategy of like, well, what, what is the property going to be cash flowing you? And what are the tax advantages that you're going to get by owning that property versus, uh, Oh, I just want to have the biggest house on the block. Yeah. Right. I mean, so, you know, you, you got you have to look at the reasons why you're buying the house. Um, you know, capital gains is a big one down the line. I mean, we when we talk about real estate right now, for example, again, we, we take a creative approach to that too. I mean, we're we're looking at properties right now in in, in areas called the opportunity zone. So I don't know if anyone's familiar with that term, but these are areas that are ran down in every state, every uh, community. Um, which is like distressed properties, distressed properties okay. um, that are, you know, um, that they're looking to rebuild the, the, the state. And um, the, the benefit of it is the tax credits. So specific uh, a place we're investing in right now is um, Columbus, Ohio. And um, the reason being is you actually get a 10% tax credit the same year you buy the property. Um, you're buying undervalued properties as well. And it's, it, it, these opportunity zones exist in every state, but uh, Ohio specifically is the only one that gives you a tax credit the same year um, you buy the property. So uh, most high net worth individuals will use that. You know, if you make a lot of money, you're looking for write-offs, right? Um, so it's, it's a way to basically shelter your, your earnings um, because you get that extra 10% kickback, which is a make or break on real estate deals because yeah. the, so, the margins are so thin these days. So for investment properties, opportunity zones, I'd recommend looking into that for, for real estate side of things. If you're looking to be a real estate investor, looking in those zones specifically. So question, if a person wanted to go look up um, zones like that, where, where, where would they go or where would they start? Yeah, how would they start? Um, I mean, there's a, there's a site, uh, Ohio, I, I don't know off the top of my head, the name of the website, but every, every, st uh, state has its, uh, its own website dedicated to the opportunity zones. Um, but I would, uh, consult with the attorney first because it is, uh, can get sticky with the, with the contractual side of things. Yeah. Um, but I mean, come, come talk to, uh, leverage financial group. We'll, we have a lawyer that uh, writes about all of those contracts for us in-house, and they, they only focus on opportunity zone real estate um, throughout the country. So, you, you know, when you go state to state, you have to have a, a, basically a lawyer that can, yeah. you know, that has his bar in that, in, you know, passed in that state. But um, Yeah, because we, we, we talked about developing pretty soon here. Yeah, we talked about doing it in some of the smaller towns too. Yeah. So I, have, I have a buddy who's doing it right now. He's out of Missouri. The dude's a insane innovator right uh -huh. he recently got into real estate yeah and uh he's telling me how he his approach to real estate has been they were actually looking at picking up um really old uh really old uh 
either condemned or um, abandoned schools. Yeah. Like schools yeah. in small towns. And then yeah. they've been turning them, converting, converting them, them into apartment buildings. Yeah. And he told me the one that he just picked up, he's cash flowing 18 grand a month. Yeah. From this small town, you know, it's affordable housing. And uh, they've converted this elementary school into an apartment complex. Yep. And I'm like, whoa, like innovator. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. I think he's taking that same approach because they're looking. He said, I'm focusing on small towns. He right. said, you need to look at small towns in Utah, you know, that have, you know, lower income. But right. you can take some properties like that, convert them very easily yep. and get some people in there and you'll cash flow. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So super smart. Yeah. I mean, real estate. I mean, there's there's opportunities. You just, you know, like you said, people are rushing in right now, not really knowing why because, you know, or their neighbors are doing or they're hearing it's the new the new thing because you know, rates are all time low but if you're looking at it from different eyes where i have that experience background and i've, I've been through the, the recession that's the reason why i kind of take you know my time when i make real estate purchases because uh, that is going to be one of the biggest purchases you make over your lifetime but the tax you, you're buying real estate based off the, the cash flow that comes out of it you're not buying it because you know, you know, it has the nicest kitchen and your, and your wife's going to love the master bedroom. Like, you know, because she likes the, you know, the bathroom setting. It's, you have to look at the opportunity in it. It's, it's, it can be a liability or an asset. And I think people just assume you buy a house, it's, it's an asset and it's not. I mean, if it's not producing money for you on a month to month, it's a liability, mm-hmm. you know? So you have to really kind of look at why you're purchasing the real estate. I mean, there's, there's so many opportunities when like you talk about creative, you know, to add on square footage now, Airbnb options, you can buy trailer parks, rent them. I mean, there's there's a lot of different things when you start talking about real estate, raw land. I mean, there's, there's, yep. there's you know, and I think people just assume real estate, just think of when we find the nicest house that we like, you know what yep. I mean? And they, they just think they're just going to hold it for 30 years. And, and most people move out within the first five. I mean, it's just facts. You know what yeah. I mean? So you have to just look at the property as an investment and make sure it's it's it fits your lifestyle and it's going to, it's gonna, you know, you're going to get the advantages of why you're buying it, you know, because if you don't have a high income, you know, there's no reason to live above your means, you know what I mean? Because that that would be the only reason why I would buy a house is is to, is basically to, you know, offset my income, right? Yeah. Otherwise, I'm looking at properties from an investment standpoint. You know, what does this cash flow me a month? I'm looking to be passive income. That's why I'm that's why I'm looking for it. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I got to get me a friend at the uh, the county, Salt Lake County. Yeah, I want to I want to network with some of those guys out there. Some of the guys that 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 work in zoning and planning right? yeah. and kind of talk to them. Cause I think that'd be a good idea. You know what I mean? Yeah. To see if we can kind of, I don't want to say get the inside scoop, but maybe, yeah. maybe but figure yeah. out how to, because the whole raw land thing, I feel like it, I think people need to really start looking at that because the demand right now for real estate is so high mm-hmm. and it's not just here in Utah. It's all over the country. It's all over the world. I mean, right now I'm seeing it in London, in England, right. Where they're having an issue with housing because it's not, it's not affordable. There's not enough of it right now. Homelessness is on the rise. Yep. And if, when you add in things like, I mean, First of all, we all know that in the school system, they don't really teach you financial literacy. Correct. But w- when you start getting older and you start learning more about that, you know, you, you realize how how not set up you are when you become an adult to mm-hmm. purchase a property. And when we look at the, the market right now, I mean, it's so high. And like you're saying, people are not looking at real estate right now as an investment because how can the property appreciate right now? Everyone's purchasing yeah. over, over the asking price. It's crazy. I'm hearing it's like insane. 35, you know, People on one property, bidding on one property and bidding it up 50K, 100K. 70, 75 grand on, on, over on, right, list with price. one of our guys. It's 75 insane. grand. That's insane. I mean, that's just to get the house. Just, just not a smart purchase. I don't, you know, no, I mean, just maybe rent. You know, just, a, oh, just rent. Rent. Yeah. Just rent right now. Yeah. Just rent right now and yeah. wait. I mean, 
I'm talking to appraisers. They can't even appraise it for that high. Yeah. You know, so are they yeah. coming at? I think it's too. A lot of the offers that are coming in now too, they're not doing any appraisals or anything. Really. What I'm noticing too, a lot of people are coming from from out of state. You know, from around California, California. et cetera, and they're coming here. They have a shit ton of cash. Um, so coming to Salt Lake and buying a home for half a million to a million, like nothing pretty yeah. much. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm seeing that a lot. Everybody's going a, a lot higher, hard earnest money, no appraisal. They'll okay. pay the difference. Yeah. No inspection, no repairs or anything. So if you are a seller, I would definitely love recommend. Yeah, great time to sell. Great time to <laughs> sell. Sell, right sell, 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 sell. Yeah, right anything now. you have right now, yeah. sell it. Sell you it. will get a lot more than it's even worth. Yeah. yeah, and just go rent and take that cash and exactly sit on it until you can, you yeah. know, put it in some high yield return account. I mean, yeah, do there's, something. There's a lot of options when yeah. you start looking around. You know, because yeah. it's that ROI that, that you got to look at, right? Where's your money going to work for you rather than you work for your money? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do think the development thing is is a, is a big opportunity though because of that because mm-hmm. of that reason. And we have a buddy who's working on a massive deal that you know, you know, Philip Garcia. Yep, he's working on a massive deal right now. Massive deal, really? sixteen hundred condos. Wow. Um, you know, over the course of five years, we're trying to get in on it. You know, to a certain extent, as far as listing, um, you know, all, all those condos that are going to be developed. I believe it's going to be in Mill Creek. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, we'll talk about that more in the podcast once that that project happens. Absolutely. Um, but I think that's where we should really start focusing a lot of our attention is, is figuring out how to either develop raw land and sell it to developers or develop raw land and then, you know, turn it into uh, living or housing because there's such a shortage right now. And I mean, you're looking at where the, the Salt Lake County is expanding to. I mean, out west and nobody wanted to go out west. But yeah. Now it's like, dude, it's blowing up like crazy. There's so much going on out there. Yeah. I mean, Magna's growing and Magna's, you know, before when you had look at houses, oh, 300,000 plus in Magna, they, they, were, they didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Now you can't even find them because, <laughs> insane. you know, they passed that point already. They're in the 400s now. And it's like, oh my God, like, this is crazy. Yeah. You know, and then down south, you know, you look at Santa Quinn and, and places like that where there's a lot of land being developed from builders because people are no longer able to afford houses towards Provo and Orem. They got to move further south in Utah County. Yeah. You know, so I just think there's so much opportunity there, you know, in, in developing um, and building you know, houses yep. right now because it's just, there's such a shortage. Yeah. You know, it's insane. Yeah. So, I mean, talk to me about how it was back in 20, I mean, 2008. I mean, is that, is that what you saw? Was it just a, sh- a low inventory? Well, and so, I didn't see it. Otherwise I wouldn't have been, yeah. you know, caught on the wrong side of that, you know, equation. Um, I mean, I guess the reason back in 08, it was a, a different time period. Cause that, that, that no doc loan existed, you know, no income, no doc loans were, 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 a, a huge part of the, our success because basically, I mean, I think at the time you could, you could do that up to about 1.25 million. And I think that's, so all you had to have is basically a heartbeat, a, a social, and uh, you can state whatever you want um, to, to was buy that, that liar loans that you heard about. Is that kind of what they're talking about? Yeah. I mean, there, there was a lot of straw buying going on back then. Um, you know, but that was just the error we were in, right? We didn't know that we weren't doing anything wrong. It was more we were just trying to, you know, buy real estate to because we were invest on the investment side of it, right? But when you're on that birth strategy, it works uh, assuming you can hold on and you have other streams of income. It's when the, it's when all your eggs are in one basket and you're only doing real estate that that's where the issue lies, right? Because if you're depending on that rent money and you're depending on that next big pullout of equity on the next property, well, all of a sudden everything's worth half, like you're stuck, right? You know, you're, you're still paying the rent, but you, you can't pull out any more equity and you got your money locked up. And you know, I was, I was flipping at the time. I was doing development at the time. We were doing a lot split. 
I mean, your money is just, it's out there, right? So I think we went maybe like six months after the, it was almost overnight too. It was 30 days, you know, all of a sudden the lending guidelines just changed up. It was crazy. It happened really fast. So people don't see it coming, right? So you have to be, what's that big movie, The Big Short? I mean, that's a great one, right? Mm -hmm. So I feel like we're in that kind of time period. I don't know if it's going to be the stock market that's going to do it. I don't know if it's going to be, because stocks, same thing's going on with the stock market right now. Just go up, 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 you know? Um, or the real estate market, but I just feel like that's the time. I mean, uh, I think Warren Buffett speaks to uh, the best time to buy is when everyone's greedy, and then if you know when everyone's slow to make a purchase is, is the best time to buy, right? So it's you got to know understand markets and how they work, really understanding what goes into you know making that the, that investment. Um, so yeah, I would just tell people to just to research, do their research, right? Of why they're making a certain purchase. Is this a long term hold? Have multiple streams of income. So if one thing goes awry, goes south, you still have, like you said, don't don't lose, don't lose what you know can't afford to lose. Put mm-hmm. it in, in the pot if you're going to lose it. So um, it's a huge, great, 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 great quote right there. But um, but yeah, I mean, if you're all in on real estate right now, just be wary. <laughs> That's yeah. a, you know, um, and be able to. You know, offset that with something. Either you have some 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 other form of cash flow coming in because you know with this forbearance and, and all this artificial money. I mean, they've they've printed more money in this last year than I think was in total for the last hundred years. So just in this last year alone, with this stimulus money, they're just printing money like monopoly money. So basic economics, supply and demand. You know, the money's being devalued, right? So if if you don't trust in the dollar, you need to find other areas to bring in that yeah. that money. So you might be a big real estate advocate. I am as well, but you know, know what what you're buying before you you know you buy overpriced property, and that's why we're a big believer in the crypto. Our our, our mindset is we really do 100% back everything we say. We we don't we invest in our in our uh, our digital asset fund first before we advise our clients and we get make them well aware of the risk rewards. But um, we're trying to take a lot of that guesswork out with our with our software that will will help clients make better decisions in the future. But I would definitely recommend looking into digital currencies, uh, specifically Bitcoin as a store of value. Wow. Yeah, dude, tons of, of knowledge on, on, on this podcast right now. <laughs> That's why I wanted to have you in here. <laughs> I'm like, where are we going to go? Matt and I go way back. Do we want to talk about some of the crazy shit we did back in the day? We can talk about that too. We can, get, 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 it's like, you know, entertainment plus, what you know. We, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know, I, mean, I don't know if that will take away from the, uh, you know. From the business side of things, but yeah, no, but 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 dude, we, we go way back, bro. And and like I said, man, you've always been a big, you know, you know, mentor for me and a lot of other people. I mean, yeah, Alan, Alan I looked up well. to you as a young kid. You know, I remember actually when I was uh, maybe twenty ish, I drove your Bentley. Oh, okay, you know, black Bentley. Yeah, and I felt like such a badass too. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm driving around a Bentley. I'm driving around Matt's Bentley because I used to look up to you when I was a young kid. I mean, younger. You know, I'm maybe what seven years younger yeah. than you. And I remember watching you guys come up, always on the move, always grinding, yeah. always making big, big moves. And yeah. I'm like, damn, I want to be like those guys. Yeah. Um, and now here we are. We're all working together now. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know what's funny is Matt and I were driving, and I'm like, hey, bro, uh, this thing's got power? He's like, yeah, check it out. <laughs> Floors it down a hill <laughs> to, your, I remember to that my day. brother's house. Yeah. And then, well, it's going too fast. You yeah. can't stop the damn car. We're going like 80, <laughs> and we're about to make a turn in a neighborhood. Yeah, that's the room. <laughs> <laughs> he hits the he hits the brakes. It doesn't stop in time. It just yeah. we go smashing into a curb. What do you like? Put the trap. The, I the bent axle. the rim. Yeah, bent the rim. Right, like yeah. the axle was like They're smashing the tranny. Ten grand like, later, or something. Damn. Stupid. Yeah. Everyone comes out of their houses like this guy's just doing? total the Bentley yeah. like right in front of. The- 
yeah. All gas, no brakes, baby. Yeah. Yeah. yeah At the time, I was, a young, I was a, you know, a youngster in the game. Wild. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. No, we got stories, man. I'm not going to go into them, though. <laughs> I, got, I got a reputation. We'll save that for the next podcast. You know what I mean? You know, then you can just say anything. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, but but talk to me about the website. What is it? Where can people find you? So, um, the, 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 I'd say looked at, at entitystreet.com. Um, that's, that's probably where I'd find us. Um, if you want to reach out through email, um, you can do M period Pavoni, my last name at entitystreet.com. That's my email address. Feel free to reach me there. Uh, I'm in the process. I mean, I have a Facebook, but just barely, barely got on there. Yeah. And then IG, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm basically going through a rebranding stage. You know, I hit that, that older, uh, Mark and you know call it call it a, a midlife crisis if you want but I mean it, it is a rebranding you get older you get wiser you get more more mature and you, and you tend to you know you know what you know right uh. but you, you want to listen right I mean that's key right now you get older you, you know you'll find something out new if you let the other person talk yeah. right but it, the, so the older I've gotten I've, I've really kind of paid attention to that and I try to really just sponge up you know other people's knowledge I've gotten older I, I mean I know from my experiences right good or bad but um, but that's the best way to do business, right? Is is get involved and, and figure it out because there's there's no book you can read, there's no magical. It's hard work. That's yeah, what it comes down to success. Is. You know that's what I mean? It it's hard work. It's day in day out, getting up, pushing. If you're in the gym, putting those reps in, you got to put those reps in the office too, or wherever you're wherever you're doing on day to day. It's 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 a, it's a daily. It's a you know uh, your reputation is in the repetition is, is your reputation. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Keep hitting the reps, and that will make your reputation. Because people people take notice of that. You might not think they do, but hard work is hard. It's hard to find individuals these days that are willing to put in the work. You know, yeah. everyone seems to be selling that that sauce of being an entrepreneur like it's fun. It's 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 a lot harder than than people think it is. It's not it's not you quit your job and you're on the beach sipping mai tais and your business runs like you need to be involved. Yeah, like you need yeah. to be on a day to day. And, and, and that's why you, you went to the rebranding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the rebranding yeah, is more like, um, I'm realizing the power in social media, yeah, right? So yeah. do, how do I want people to look at me and, exactly. and people view people through the eyes of, of a lens now? And, and if they call them, you know, thumb stoppers, if you're not, they, 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 they're going through their feed, they're going through their feed and they're looking for, you have seven seconds to catch someone's attention. They say, you know what I mean? So oh. if you don't, if you can't, if you can't come up with something within those first seven seconds to make you stop, your mind is there's so much information. We're in an information error. You're on to the next subject and you're going to get distracted. So you, you have to understand the power of social media. It's a, it's a great tool for, from a business aspect. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, you, you, you know, it has so much power to, uh, basically, yeah, I'm, I'm having my son, for example. I mean, he's he's taking uh, the ClickFunnels, one of those books that we, mm -hmm. I was telling you about. I mean, it's a great marketing tool. Just understanding the psychology that goes mm -hmm. into how people make decisions on to buy, right? Uh, the psychology that that goes into it, right? And understanding that that's a great book. I'd recommend that. Dot com secrets, traffic uh, secrets. Uh, Russell Brunson. I mean, his story is amazing. I mean, um, great, great. You know, again, another mentor of mine that I've been following. Just understanding what goes into you know marketing and, and how to get your product out there and reviews and, and creating integrity with your business. Um, so yeah, that rebranding is huge for me right now. I haven't, I'm, I'm about to drop the new IG and we'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll put out ads and we'll yeah. content and all that will come yeah. soon right behind it. But I'm really just taking my time to, to, to kind of launch that to make sure that it's done correctly and it's done professionally and everything. Yeah. So yeah. Well, well, here's what I want to do. So I'm going to cut some clips from this cause we have so many good ones, right? 
um, that, that I'll get to you to help you um, with your branding on, on this side of it, even though I know you don't really need it because you guys, you do, you do so well with the click funnels and you do so well that way. And you're such a, a great networker. I mean, you're going out to events. I saw you, you were, were you in Miami or where were you? Yeah, I was at Miami, another mentor, Jeff Seconder, shout out to him. Um, he's, he's basically taken a, uh, influencer approach to the credit space and uh, now has built that, a great brand called Zero Percent. I'm a big, big fan of him um, and about leveraging that money at zero percent in business credit. And basically, you can buy a, a home or a property, no money down with his approach. And, and that was something that I was doing back in early 2000, but there wasn't an, there wasn't the bird name. There wasn't, you know, that, that it wasn't as popular to do that. I mean, most people look at credit cards as debt. So it's, it's really just kind of uh, changing the perspective, the way entrepreneurs look at credit cards and how they can use them from an unsecured standpoint. I mean, it's the quickest way to acquire capital quickly. So if you have a good credit score, you're, and you're undercapitalized, you know, you should be looking at those using credit as a leveraging tool to, to be able to buy, you know, either properties or invest in yourself, invest in your business. I mean, um, th th that's key, right? So he's built a great, uh, great channel and a, and a big respect to him because we went out there. Yeah, we were in Miami at a convention about two weeks ago and um, it, was, it was a great opportunity. Yeah. So you're good at that. And, and again, you've been building your business that way. And now I'm going to help you get in the front end yeah. uh, with the social media the stuff. content. I'll, I'll introduce you. You already met Daniel, you know, but yeah. Daniel will help you out with the social media stuff. Yeah. Um, That'd be cause, huge. Because, bro, you're, you're like me. We're getting older and yeah. we're not good at that, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> i got 20 <laughs> years of experience I could be sharing with the, with, the, with the youngsters, you know, that are looking to get into the game and, and, and share, you know, those experiences with them, it would be a huge opportunity yeah. for them. Yeah. So, yeah, I think content that's relative to, to the, the, the working entrepreneur is, is going to be super, super crucial moving forward, especially yeah. where everyone's working from home. We're taking Zoom calls now. It's a normal part of life. Yep. You know, the big businesses, Microsoft, I mean, they're outsourcing it to places like Pakistan and out of the country, you know what I mean? Because you, you don't need those big salaries. or Those have gone away. You know, there's yeah. no loyalty to – Hey, stick with our company for 50 years. Like, I don't know where people bought into that 20, 30 years ago. Our parents' generation, you know, work your way up. That's gone. There's no loyalty. I mean, loyalties to the dollar. And hey, how can I do this same, same thing that you're doing on a day to day for cheaper, right? So okay. they can hire someone fresh out of school with someone that grew up with a phone in their hands that's technology savvy, that's just way more articulated on, on their business, you know. Uh, skill sets. So, yeah. you know, if they can do your job for one fourth the cost, why would they keep you on at 200 grand a year, 100 grand a year, whatever you're at right now? It's like you're thinking if things are going to, you think things are going back to normal, but they're not. I mean, this no, is not. permanent no, change. Everything, yeah, this yeah. is permanent change. You know, m my son, you know, he's he's 10 years old and, and I'm getting him very familiar with the technology and software side of businesses right now. Um, right now, he's doing music production. He's learning, you know, for me, it's like, yeah, maybe he'll do music. I'm, I'm not going to say I don't care about that. Mm -hmm. I just want him to get familiar with the software side of it. Yeah. Now he's doing Premiere Pro. He's using a lot of the Adobe products right now. So he's learning Absolutely. how to build content, branding. Right. That's something huge right now. So he's learning that right now. Correct. Eventually I want to have him help me. But, you know, I think by the time he's 12 and 13, he'll be taking on clients. You know, it's pretty pretty cool. You know, at a young age yeah. to be able to do that. How, um, old, is, how old is he now? 10. 10. Yeah, yeah 10. I mean, never been in a better time. Exactly. <laughs> and know? I sat in that class with yeah. him, you know, and the teacher, he's, you know, doing stuff and, and last week I realized that I am not going to be going to the class anymore. I've actually been <laughs> holding him back. I'm like, Aurelius, uh, how do you do this? And I'm stopping the class. Yeah. And my son is like, oh, dad, hold on. And he's like, command C, command M. And I'm just like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I went to the class uh, this Wednesday and I walked in the class and they had a seat for me, you know, and they were in the studio, you know, making music. And all the kids were there, well, 
they're adults. He's the only kid in there. Okay. And uh, they were like, "Hey, grab a seat." And I was like, "You know what? <laughs> I feel like I'm crashing his, his style." Yeah, right let now. him so let him do his I'm thing. I'm out. Uh, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> so yeah. I left. And I'm, yeah. I'm gonna let him do his thing. You know, because yeah. I feel like I'm slowing him down. Yeah. Um, but these kids nowadays, man, you're right. You know, the younger kids, they can pick up the social they're media so thing a lot than faster than us. Yeah. You know, they can create content a lot faster than us. And so I'm, I'm capitalizing on his brain right now because he's got the capacity and the bandwidth. And I don't have that anymore. I'm mm-hmm. focused on this, you know. Right. Um, but, and you and I are the same way. And, you know, we, we can't, we can only do so much. Right. That, you know? yeah. yeah. So, so uh, well, I'll introduce you Introduce you to my guy. Yeah. Um, but dude, thank you so much for being yeah, on the podcast. I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, yeah, no, another round or yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Beautiful, Alan. Thanks for coming in, bro. Yeah, I know. Alan. I know. Today you're like, I don't want to. I don't know if you want to do it or not. But he's always busy, so yeah. I'm happy that you came in. Yeah, I appreciate you coming. Um, and I hope you guys have fun this weekend, wherever the hell you guys are going. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure All right, it out. cool. All right, That's thanks, nice. guys. <laughs> Tune in next week. We'll see ya. Okay. I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where? I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche.